Welcome to One City Podcast. Today, Pastors Chris and Karen Conley will take a deeper dive into this week's message and teach us to apply the truth of God's Word in our lives. Welcome to Conversations. This is Karen and Chris Conley, and we are here discussing week five of the series Redefining Greatness from pain to promise is the name of the series. And Chris, today we took a little bit of a turn. And as you described, and hopefully everybody's had a chance to go and listen to the message in its entirety, but it took a little bit of a turn. And um, I think in the best of ways, but the title for today's message was from forgiveness to restoration. And so maybe just to um, elaborate a little bit on on that title, um, that's what we're going to talk about today is kind of that journey. There's some misnomers. People a lot of times get stuck somewhere in that place from forgiveness to restoration. What would you say as we launch this conversation? Well, the past two weeks have been primarily about forgiveness. And there'll be a few more things. Even next week when you and I co-teach, we'll talk about some of the how-to steps of actually how do we have a tough conversation? You know, how do we actually... um, forgive one another, receive forgiveness and those kind of things. But one of the reasons why a lot of people um, have real difficulty with forgiveness is because we act like it's this magic pill that if we take this pill of forgiveness, that everything is supposed to be better immediately. And what we really see in today's message is that forgiveness is the first step to healing. But Blessing is the first step to health. And so we have to move beyond forgiveness to actually, uh, and this is really, really tough. Not only do we forgive the person, but when God has us in a place of not only uh, restoration, but reconciliation, we should actually go ahead and bless the person. And so we're talking about going from forgiveness to restoration. Now, there's some of you might want to turn the podcast off right now and go, heck, no, I have zero interest in blessing that person. You know, it's tough enough for me to forgive them. Just listen, walk through the truths, because really what we're going to talk about is we're going to talk about the restoration that God desires for all of us, the restoration of his promises, the restoration of his people. And then yet, we are included in that restoration process. Mm. You know, one of the things that you've said at one point is that forgiveness just takes one person. Restoration and reconciliation takes at least two people. Absolutely. So definitely forgiveness is not a magic pill, but I think it is a very important thing for people to understand that no one... that can be between you and the Lord, that release. And that, and that while it doesn't solve the relational issues and it doesn't necessarily take all of the pain of the scars away, that there is a tremendous freedom that does come by just turning that burden over to the Lord. Yeah. the, The most important healing that occurs in forgiveness is healing in ourselves. And so we no longer harbor something. We no longer hold a grudge. We no longer are a prisoner of any of the feelings that come from unforgiveness. And so when we are a giver of forgiveness, we experience that healing first. And then there's an opportunity for the other person to experience healing by receiving forgiveness. 
Now, once we have been healed through the forgiveness process, that is where restoration is a process. Restoration is not a one-step process. Restoration really requires, uh, you know, for us to engage uh, long-term. Now, one of the things that we talked about in this message is the difference between forgiveness and trust. And that's where a lot of people, again, uh, you know, they try to make those two things, uh, you know, the same. And, and instead of doing that, no, we have to realize, no, forgiveness is given, trust is earned, okay? Forgiveness is immediate, uh, trust occurs over time. And, and so there's a radical difference between forgiveness and trust. And, and if we can deal with some of these misnomers, if we can deal with some of these misunderstandings, then honestly, it makes it much easier for us to freely forgive and freely receive forgiveness. So as you talked about the forgiveness and trust not being the same, um, and, and you mentioned, you know, that there's some people that you've forgiven, but that you might not ever trust. And certainly there's some wisdom in it. When I think about different relational dynamics and somebody who's uh, in a really unhealthy place, and maybe there's addiction or something of that nature, that that there's behaviors that are just repeated, that's com- completely wise to not trust. Um, then there's also the dynamic of just the degrees of separation. And so maybe speak to a moment of, of that, um, of, okay, it's how we engage might be different if it's a son or a daughter, if it's a husband or a wife versus it's a a business partner or a this or that, that I don't know. I just, I was thinking through that, like it does, it is that one time place where you do, I am, you owe me and I'm not going to require you to pay. That's a one time thing. But the degree that you're in that person's space impacts things and what you want the future of that relationship looks like. Yeah. So totally like in a dating relationship, in a significant other relationship, in a marriage relationship, it is absolutely essential that if that relationship is going to be healthy and to thrive, you've got to go beyond forgiveness into the steps of reconciliation in order for true restoration to take place. So you've got to be willing to have the hard conversation and you've got to be able to have that conversation where you give that person the last 10%. And so, you know, that, that phrase, the last 10% means I'm not going to trade peace for truth. I'm going to get it all out and really speak the truth in love so that we can have true peace, not temporary peace. And, and then as we look at that, what's so important for us to understand in this whole process of um, like degrees of separation that you're talking about is, okay, if this is someone that I work with on a consistent basis, then yes, again, I need to attempt to go through reconciliation. I need to attempt to actually make the relationship stronger, that conflict is an opportunity to gain loyalty. But if um, I don't see this person on a regular basis, if, you know, for whatever reason, whatever this uh, interference was that occurred that created some separation in all probability, we're going to run in a little bit different circles, then um, I'm probably never going to spend enough time with that person in order to truly trust them again 
in order to get beyond some of the awkwardness of the conflict and the misunderstanding again, in order to actually see uh, the fruit that comes from restoration. So it's critical for us, you know, when, when I say that there's, there's people that, um, that I'll never trust again, I'm not saying it's because I don't want to trust them. I'm saying from a very practical standpoint, um, I'm probably not going to interface with them enough to have the level of relationship that uh, I will have the opportunity to trust them again. And I, I love what you just said, because I think, you know, when, when people are wounded, when you and I are, when anybody's wounded, you know, our defense mechanisms go up, our justifications go up and, you know, our flesh is what typically tends to override, you know, our decision-making and our thought process. And so I do think it's worth stating what you just said and, and to just reiterate, you know, in the relationships that matter in your life, you have to invest the time to, to make a bridge over this chasm. Whatever it is that has caused there to be a need for an issue of forgiveness generally means we've been hurt deeply. And so it is, it, in some ways it feels like it's not fair because maybe you're the recipient of some pain that like, oh, now I have to give a lot of effort to make this better. I wasn't the one that caused this. But you have to understand that the relationship is more important and that it does require an investment of time. Yes, start with step one. If that's all you can do right now is just to say, God, I'm going to trust you to be God. And I'm going to trust you that you're going to judge. And I'm just going to stop carrying the the, the weight of this, you know, what's been inflicted against me. But I do think it's important to say, man, you, you can't just stop at forgiveness if this is someone you live with and, and people you want to be in community with. And Yeah. In, in this way, people either fight for connection or they fight for separation. There's a fight involved either way. Well, don't fight for separation, creating the distance and, you know, just avoiding things or not returning texts or not returning calls or, or just avoiding the overlap of relationship. But rather, when you fight for connection, you raise and resolve issues quickly. And, and what you're doing is you're fighting to heal that relationship. You know, I've heard you say several times in our relationship when it comes to forgiveness and trust that you've said, you know, yes, there's, there's different reasons why um, I have reason to trust Chris. You know, Chris may make a mistake. Chris may, um, you know, do something that, that, you know, just um, it offended me or it upset me or it disappointed me. But ultimately, at the end of the day, what I've heard you say is it's not just about trusting Chris. It's about trusting Christ in Chris. It's about trusting what I see Christ doing in Chris. And over time, what I can trust is that Chris abides in Christ. Therefore, he bears fruit, more fruit, much fruit. So I'm trusting that he is uh, surrendered to Christ, submitted to Christ, and kind of under Christ's ownership. And therefore, I'm not just trusting him alone. I'm trusting who uh, is leading him. You made me smile. That sounded like a very pastor way to explain that, but I, it's 100% true. I basically say, 
I don't have to just trust Chris. I trust God with Chris. And yeah. that's exactly true. And it does that. It is that key to say, you know, I'm blessed that you do spend time with God. And so I know you're listening to him and I can trust that he's a big enough God that he can, he can speak to you and he can show you things and reveal things to you so that I don't always have to bring him to your attention. But even if you're out here right now and you're thinking, wow, you know, my adult son or daughter or my spouse or whatever, that they're not walking with the Lord right now. He is a big enough God that you can still trust God with them. Um, so I, I think that's that's certainly worth noting. So Chris, one of the things that you made reference to is um, this idea that sometimes people are like, oh, well, it's, it's just, it's not about you. Um, and, and when they're maybe you've had conflict or struggles and something like that. And you made the comment like, well, you know, thank you very much. Am I, how am I supposed to receive that? Oh, it's not about me. I'm the one that got hurt, but it's, it's has nothing to do with me really. Um, and you said it's, it's not that it's, um, not about you, but it's actually bigger than you elaborate a little bit on, on that 50,000 foot level of what you meant by, by that phrase. Yeah. So, you know, that's an unfortunate choice of words when people say, oh, it's not about you. I mean, they're, they're, they're trying, but they're really kind of stepping in it, so to speak, you know, because it doesn't make anyone feel good. I mean, it's impossible for us to separate ourselves from these uh, difficulties. You know, when, when you've been offended or when a problem occurs uh, you just don't remove your feelings from it whatsoever. So it is about us, but it's not only about us. And so when I said that, you know, the, the more accurate statement is that it's bigger than me, you know, well, what I really, what I'm trying to say there is God, I, I don't live in a bubble. You know, God is, it, it's about what God wants to do in me. It's about what God wants to do through me. It's about what God wants to do around me. It's really about God's promises. It's about God's um, purpose. And so what I've got to do is elevate above and beyond just my perspective. And I've got to see his perspective and realize that, yes, I'm a... Uh, I'm a, I'm a member of the team, but, um, you know, I'm not the only member of the team. And so as God wants to accomplish his purpose and as God wants to accomplish his promises, um, I need to submit myself to the greater good of what God wants to accomplish and allow it to not be about me, allow it to be bigger than me, but still value me. I love that. And I think, you know, in our last few minutes that we've got together here, I think where I feel like it would be most helpful to land, you gave the the very personal example of how the Lord took you from looking at our circumstances as like the four of us to really looking at the bigger picture and and saying, this isn't about, you know, the Conleys. This is about God's plan and God's name. And how do I enter into that? So it really is that word that you just used is such a word for me. And that's perspective. It's how do we step back from our circumstances and have God's perspective on what he may be trying to do, even though it may have come through sin or pain or those kinds of things. So 
Would you maybe just help flesh that out, looking at different scenarios of, of what, what that might look like? If, if someone's going through, you know, a trial in their marriage, if someone's going through a trial in their workplace, if, you know, just those kinds of things, apply that truth to some different scenarios and help us kind of live that thing out better. Yeah. So, you know, every problem that we're encountering, um, the most natural thing in the world is for us to see it from our perspective first, not even from the perspective of our spouse or the perspective of, you know, our children or the perspective of our teammates, our coworkers. But, you know, we, we get very, uh, you know, narrow in our focus. And we really, uh, because it is, there are feelings involved. We see it from the perspective of me, myself, and I. And when we do that, when we look through that lens, um, you know, oftentimes, you know, again, we're poor self-evaluators frequently. And so, uh, you know, we're seeing it through our own bias and we're seeing it through not wanting to be wrong, but wanting to be right. We see it through the lens of if there is an argument, I want to win the argument um, versus the lens that we need to see it from is, okay, God, what is your perspective? And then when I elevate myself to ask, what is God's perspective on this? It should also cause me to see it through the lens of humility. All right. And when I, when I put those two things together that, okay, God, you're the ultimate source of wisdom. Uh, you know, wisdom is applied truth. You know, how do we apply your truth to this problem? To, how do we solve it? And, you know, for instance, when the scripture says, don't return insult for insult, but rather blessing instead. Well, you know what? I probably never see that from just my perspective, you know? Um, that definitely requires um, God's perspective to say, if you do the thing that's most unnatural for you to do, and you actually bless the person who's insulting you, that it's going to throw water on the fire and it's going to push pause on the argument, and it's going to cause both people to all of a sudden get a perspective that is outside of themselves. Oh, okay. Well, I've never thought of that, right? I mean, that's radically different. And so the humility part is, you know, a lot of people misunderstand humility. Humility is not thinking less of self. Um, you know, some people have said humility is not even thinking of self. And I don't know that I'm fully into that camp but I think humility is more about the bigger view I have of God, the more accurate view I have of myself, and that produces humility. Well, that humility is not afraid to admit that I made a mistake. It's not afraid to admit that maybe I was wrong. It's maybe not afraid to admit that, you know, I responded, you know, too aggressively. And that humility is then because I don't have to be right then I am willing to ask for forgiveness. I'm willing to say I'm sorry. I'm willing to find other solutions besides winning. And then I can find a win-win solution where really the art of um, restoring relationships, and, and some people think this is a bad word, but the art really is compromise. And it's not compromising the truth, but it's, 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 a, uh, it's the right kind of compromise in the sense that I'm not dogged about my opinion. Um, I'm going to submit myself to God. Hopefully this other person is going to submit themselves to God. And then in humility before God and one another, 
we're going to, if we need to forgive one another, that's what we're going to do, but we're going to do whatever's necessary to um, heal the relationship and rebuild the relationship. Well, I, this week in my priority time, I was praying and it kind of connects with this in a way that I think might be helpful for some people that, you know, I was, I was really trying to just um, focus on my gratitude and just where, you know, all the things that the Lord has done for me and all the way back to the fact that he was willing to go to the cross, that Jesus was willing to do that. And the, the, you know, very familiar verse came into my mind, you know, if it be your will to take this cup from me, but not my will, but yours be done. And that, you know, that picture, I just, I had just this thought of, you know, honestly, that's what God wants of us to say, not my will, but yours. You know, this wasn't the trial I wanted to go through. And God, I, please take it away. But if, if your decision in a way that your thoughts are higher than my thoughts have left me to walk through this and it's not my will, but yours, then help me to do it in a way that I can look at it from your perspective and accomplish your purposes. And so in that way, I love that idea that you're putting out there of just really this world and our life and the relationships we have are not just about us and our happiness, but it is about us pointing people to Jesus. It's about God getting the glory. And so how in your conflict right now, how in the places that you're stuck right now, can you honor the Lord, not be a doormat. That doesn't mean, you know, let someone walk over you, but walk into it with the perspective that, you know, at the end of the day, when you put your head on the pillow, the Lord would be pleased with how you handled it. You know, um, when you said not be a doormat, uh, not be, have someone walk over you, you know, there's something you and I have taught through the years that we, we say we want to offer people compassion without compromise. So, you know, when there is conflict, how can we be compassionate about each other's feelings? How can we validate one another's feelings? How can we understand one another's feelings? And how can we really, uh, you know, do whatever is necessary to move toward that person with compassion? But compassion doesn't mean we compromise the truth. But with the truth, more times than not, uh, we don't automatically get to the truth in one conversation. And so uh, a lot of times, you know, we see that love is patient and love is kind. And if we can have multiple conversations where love is patient, love is kind, then eventually one of the third things that we see is that love rejoices with the truth. It's through the patience and through the kindness that someone will begin to see the truth. But if there's not patience or kindness, they're going to reject the truth. And so I'd like to kind of end this podcast by just reinforcing one thing that I said in the message that I think is just so vitally important. And it's this, it's that God will not be known by partial restoration. He will be known by double restoration. And so there's certain levels of brokenness out there. And listen, there are some relationships that they're over and, and that's just the reality. But there's other relationships that can be forgiven, can be reconciled, can be restored. There's other dreams that can be restored. There's certain promises in your life that can be restored. And so don't be content with partial 
uh, restoration. He never promises partial restoration. And I want to encourage you to not only ask for full restoration, but several times throughout the pages of Scripture, he does promise double restoration. Just a few verses about restoration. 1 Peter 5.10, Zechariah 9.12, Job 42.10, Joel chapter 2, verses 21 through 27. Those are some verses you can look at and see how the heart of God is that when we work through these issues of forgiveness, when we work through the issues of reconciliation, and we step into the multi-step process of restoration, He longs to restore us. He wants to restore us. He wants to do it abundantly. And so please, whatever you do, do not ask for less. Ask for more. Ask for full restoration. Ask for double restoration. Mm, I love that. Well, I hope this has encouraged you that wherever you are, um, that it's it's not by your strength that you have to walk through this, but it is giving God your willingness to engage and to do the hard work and to be patient and to be all those things that love is with the promise that he would be going ahead of you and he would help in that restoration process. So I hope that encourages everyone out there. And I hope that if this has encouraged you, that you would share, share this podcast, send it to a friend, somebody that you know that needs some help in this area, um, invite them to come along, to come join us in person at One City Church if you are in the Memphis area. And um, and also, if you enjoy the podcast, we'd love it if you'd write a review, um, give us a great thumbs up on on social media as well so that we can get the word out and we can help as many people as possible, not just go through forgiveness, but really see the blessing of restoration and the relationships in their life. All right, we'll see you next time. Thank you for joining us today. If you enjoyed today's message, share it with a friend and be sure to subscribe to this channel so you don't miss a single episode. Join our movement and help us to prove that love works. You can give towards our mission at onecitymemphis.org.